the Christology Podcast. I'm Dave Nielsen. I'm here with my wife, Laura Miller Nielsen, and my two best friends, Josh Braveheart Anderson and Curtis Holtzy Holt. <laughs> hey, hey, what about a nickname for Laura? <laughs> <laughs> we're old and, well, Tired. three of us are old, and uh, we're doing this live. We're so happy, especially about the music. So this is the Christology podcast, and that means we're talking about <clears throat> who Jesus is in the context of life, the life that we all live. And these two guys here are our football coaches. I am too. They got me doing it, and it's awesome. And so we're going to start with, <laughs> with the Michigan season. What does that have to do with Jesus? Jesus and football? Absolutely. Why? Because all things were made through him. Jesus, I st- I'm still surprised at that. It says it in John. It says it in Hebrews. All things that were made, everything that is, was done through Jesus. Mm. So that's why there's nothing outside of that. So right. we're going to talk about the, the Michigan Wolverines. Who's got uh, I have a question for Josh. Josh? Who's got it better than us? Uh, Nobody. <laughs> because we have Jesus and Michigan. A natty. Yes. <laughs> a national title. And Jim Harbaugh gets to eat at the big table now. Yeah. I, can't, I still can't believe they won. Josh Anderson Braveheart was there. Yeah. Mm, nice there. seats. Yeah. yeah. Very nice seats. Yeah. Picture like on the 50. Yeah. Got the confetti. Too. Seven rows up. Got the confetti. Yeah. Wow. That's going to go in a shadow box sometime. <laughs> so. How did it feel, man? It felt good. Um, I know I kind of told you about it. Uh, yeah, I brought a program back for Dave and Curtis. But um, I, I kind of told you about it a little bit. Um, so I had heart surgery at the University of Michigan when I was a baby. I was born with a congenital heart defect. So um, ever since I was alive, pretty much, I've been a Michigan Wolverines football fan. And uh, it's kind of to see them win. They won in 97. They split it with Nebraska. I was two, so I don't remember it, but it's kind of like a culmination of my whole life. Like I've been a football fan, a Michigan football fan my whole life. Mm-hmm. To see them in person win a national championship, it was so uh, surreal, and I was very thankful that I was there, thankful that they won. I know it sounds – people who don't love football, it sounds silly to. People who love and, and enjoy football, it makes perfect sense, but it's just uh, – <laughs> yeah, man, like it was just so cool to see them, to see them win. It was. We had it on TV. There was something different about it. Mm-hmm. There's Coach Anderson. There I am. You took that. Did I? I think so. What do you coach? What position? Uh, I coach uh, the linebackers. I'm a linebackers coach and a special teams coordinator. Yep. Our camera just shut off. <laughs> Did it? Can somebody just hit the shutter button? We'll be good. Hey, we'll switch to me. Look, hey. <laughs> Hey, hey. Uh, Krusty the Clown. Holtzy, so Antoine Murchison, who played number 57 when he played at Clemson, we became friends about five years ago. I think you just hit the shutter button. On the top? Yeah. Just the mic taking a picture? Yeah. It, like, autoed off. And, um, yeah, there it goes. Oh, hit it again. Wow, we'll have to fix that. Oh, there you go. We're good. It's good. Boom. 
Antoine got me coaching. I came out <clears throat> on a cold COVID. <laughs> it's off again. <laughs> hey, it's our first time. Frosty morning to coach, not knowing anything about football, but trusting God and others with my life. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Oh, I came walking up. Hmm. Go ahead. I'll keep working. Okay. <clears throat> and um, there's there's Holtzy there. He's setting up to train inside linebackers. And I was nervous and scared. And um, he said, how's it going? I said, oh, you know, good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Trying to act not scared. But, you know, I've been to war um, over several decades, four different wars, 600 combat missions. And I get scared still in life. That's part of why we're here talking about this. Because... You know, fear it's needs something to be new. Yeah. It's something new. You you didn't play football, and yet you were out there coaching the kids, and but in a different way. Yeah. Well, you can never tell you were nervous. <laughs> it was cold. Dave had on his boots and his shorts, <laughs> and some kind of black jacket. I remember, and um, eyes were wide open. And I remember I asked you if you if you mind helping me. Yep. You're like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but you jumped right in there, and we did some good drills together. Yeah, I felt like grasshopper. You like just put these cones every five meters. Well, how do I know what? I don't see the lines. You know, I'm trying to be perfect. You're like, just do it. Okay. I don't know what is going on. See, it's on now. Try switching to it and make it the big picture. There you go. Maybe that will help. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up a dip. Different picture. What'd you do? I hit a different button. <laughs> so maybe people can learn from this instead of like an instructional video. This is just a, you know, here's how you screw it up. Here's a picture of you got Holtzy and Curtis there and Josh Wilson. Oh yeah. Yep. You got a dip in your mouth there, buddy. Who me? Is that your tongue? That's my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look like you I've got tried dip. I Copenhagen. Like no, I've tried it. <laughs> so Laura, you encouraged me to coach. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was just thinking everything I've done or do, like if I, if I don't feel right with you, it's not worth it. Boom. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, though. Like it took a toll, all the hours and being gone, and mm-hmm. um, so you know, it was. It's hard on your family, it but is. you know, to worth that it. yeah, to that point, mm-hmm. you know, we say it a lot in football, like. We say it to our kids and to our coaches, like during this time of the season and, you know, we see you more than we see our family at mm. home. And it's mm. true. I mean, yeah. you're there every day for hours and hours out and football games, Friday night, Thursday night, come in on Sunday to break down film and to get ready for the next week. Like it's, it's a lot. And yeah. if you don't have a supportive family, I mean, that's hard. That's hard. where the mesh point, I think, of military comes in because it's the same with yeah. training, with deploying. There's so much crossover, and it's not just you know. Oh, we kicked off the war, and we're steadily moving, making progress. You know that those are cliches, but they're they're so darn accurate. So, yeah. hmm. and Holsey, you have coached at how many? Not that you're moving around, but you just you're, you're in well, the Well, I coached at Pinecrest for uh, eleven, twelve years, mm-hmm. and um, went to Montgomery Central and coached there and basketball. Um, coaching right now at East Middle School basketball, coaching with the legend Ted Harmon, really enjoying that. And somebody asked me the other day, "Why are you coaching basketball?" And I said, "Well, well, Ted Harmon asked me to." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's been a lot of fun. And me and you and some other dudes coach East Middle School football 
together. We did. We did that several years ago. That was a lot of fun. That was. But uh, just coaching our hearts, and that's that's really, really key. Coaches meant a whole lot to me when I was growing up. I'm a product of uh, divorced, divorced parents. And um, if it wasn't for some coaches that kind of helped me stay on the right path, uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. Mm. So thank God for all my coaches. Laura, you're coaching three-year-olds. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Which you never saw coming, did you? No, not at all. What changed? I'm, I got asked. But, you <laughs> but, but why did you do it? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess God just said, get in there and do what you can. And um, a lot of growing pains there, too. But Did he not obedience. say that 10 years ago? Like No, no, no. I never, ever. You life? sure he didn't say it? And you just didn't nope. listen? Come on now. <laughs> no, I never, I never wanted to have children. I didn't think I was good with them. I didn't think they liked me. Wow. I didn't know how to talk to them. And um, so I just started filling in as a temp. And then they asked me to stay. And wow, I have learned so much from these kids. It's, it's true. They're amazing. They're little people. She yeah. works half days and then comes home and, <clears throat> and crashes. And I did it once. So I, yes. Sleep the other half of the day. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Could we go back to Michigan? Absolutely. <laughs> Yep. When I, I want to go back to his heart. Yeah, mm. yeah. You were a baby, right? Baby. Ah. Yeah. Um, 18 days old when I had the surgery. So what's um, uh, interesting about that um, is that they didn't know, you know, my parents didn't know for that long of time. And so I wasn't getting, um, for all the people out there that know anything about heart, it was a transposition of the great arteries. It was what my condition is called. And uh, essentially, long story short, my the blood wasn't getting through my whole body. So the my aortic and my pulmonary valve were switched at birth. So the heart does three uh, rotations in the womb. Um, when when the baby's in the womb, the heart does three full rotations in the to body. form. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And mine did. Yeah, and mine did two instead of three. Oh. So it was backwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, the crazy part is, and the God part, and all of this is, is that. Just a few years, maybe a year or two. I could be wrong about that, but it wasn't long before I was born. They were doing the uh, the transposition of the great artery surgeries completely different than what they did with mine. They would the people that were they noticed that the people that they did this other surgery to that was the normal before my surgery, they were only living to be about twenties to thirties oh. before their heart would wear out and they would need a new one. So they. Somebody did the science and they found out that if you did it this way, that they are growing and they're going to be, it would be better, essentially. And the Dr. Beauvais was my heart surgeon and apparently he's world renowned. Everybody knows him. And he was one of the very first to really specialize a major in that surgery. My and God. so just out of pure, you know, not luck, it wasn't luck, but, you know, just out of just it being like that. Uh, I had him, and then when I tell people now who are in the profession, yeah, I had a heart surgery. My first one was Dr. Beauvais. They said, Dr. Beauvais. I'm like, yeah, you know him? You know, did you work with him? And he said, they were like, uh, no, but he's legendary in this. <laughs> I mean, he's legendary in this profession. And uh, so that was cool. Another God thing is the, uh, the surgeon that I had, because I had two more after that to um, fix it. Uh, I had to have two more. And 2014 and 2015, the surgeon uh, that did my surgery, Gen Jennifer Nelson at uh, Chapel Hill, trained under Dr. Beauvais at the University of Michigan. Mm. Oh, wow. So, wild. 
yeah. and she was pregnant with one of those surgeries. Eight months pregnant in one of those oh surgeries. My goodness. And I was like, whoa. I didn't know that was possible. So, and then you, your parents told you, not like this is an easy thing to drop on a kid at what age? Uh, How did you find out? Oh, I mean, from I, ever since I can remember, okay, I, knew I okay, had it. Okay. Yeah. I remember um, I was 10, 9 or 10, and I thought, I went up to my dad and I, I, I said, I'm not going to have a long life. Mm, wow. Mm. And he said, What do you mean? I was like, Well, I have heart surgery, heart problem. And he was like, Why are you thinking about that? And so from a very young age, I just had this like mortality, like just this sense of mortality, like things are not forever. And like now it's like weird to think about, but yeah, man, ever since I've just been living life to, to like to the, to the limit, you know, like, just, at that time, Josh, uh, did your dad know that you had a better chance or was he still thinking 20, no, he, 30? No, no, no. We knew from like, they it told him like this surgery is going to be, end up being better because of, yeah. So awesome. he knew. So, and he's like, no, you're going to be fine, you know? Mm. So, but did you ever see your parents writhing in pain? <laughs> Or did they do that? Probably in private. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, they, my parents weren't good together. They weren't close. They're divorced now. Mm. Uh, that They just weren't close. So if they did, they weren't doing it together. You know what I'm saying? Like riding mm. together. And so they probably did it in their own private ways. And you're not happily married to yeah, Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. And, you know, she she watches out for me from my heart. And she's a rock for me, you know. Mm. Awesome. So, yeah. And so we were sitting in a coach's meeting one day. Why not tell this right now? Yeah, might as well. I have a friend from school who I've never met personally, but we were like online students in seminary at Regent University. and Which I went to my freshman semester. <laughs> yeah. Did you have something to do with George Mason too? No. I went Because I went to George Mason as no. an English major. But we're football players, but, you know, we do some smart stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what camera am I on? Um, so we're in a, a, a coach's meeting, and I get a text from this guy that I w- was in school with, Brian. And he says, is there a coach, a young coach there by chance? Um, Brian lives in Florida who has a heart problem. And uh, yeah, he's sitting right next to me. His name's Braveheart. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's crazy about that is that we had just, all three of us had just kind of like, I was telling you guys my problems because at the time, if y'all remember right, my heart was acting funky. Yeah. And uh, they were wanting to put a defibrillator in me. And then we had just talked about it. I mean, I mean, it had been over the course of a couple of weeks, you know, but yeah. like it, but it had been an ongoing discussion. And then that happened. And so, yeah. And he said, well, I want to pray for you guys. And had I not met Holsey, whose license plate on his truck says, pray now. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be praying now like like I've been doing for the last few years. Oh, I meant to switch that to me. So I said, yes, he's here. Let's go. Josh, can we go back somewhere alone and pray? And we did. Yep. So the um, the text came before the game, if you remember. And then we pray. he called after the game. So, um, yeah. And he prayed for healing of my heart. And uh, he said, now you're going to walk out of here and you're going to walk out of that building. And you're going to just think it, it didn't happen, but it did. Mm. I remember. Said, just don't don't say it didn't happen. So ever since to that day, man, I mean, I haven't said everybody asked me, how's my heart? It's healed. It's good. And, you know. To, no defibrillator. No defibrillator. And that's been. Just the Lord Jesus. 
Yeah. And, uh, I told Shelby, I called Shelby on my way home and she cried mm-hmm. and, um, she's like, well, that's just amazing. I can't believe that. And, um, yeah. So then I go back to the doctor and, uh, the doctor said, yeah, we're not going to, um, do a defibrillator right now. Everything looks okay for right now. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, uh, that's been over a year ago and I just had another one and, um, they wanted to put a heart monitor on me again, of course, and they did, and everything's checked out. And I got to go in a few months to do a stress test. But ever since then, man, it's my heart has felt felt so good. Man, <laughs> so you live, you've lived with adversity your whole life. I, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, how <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and to me, like you know, I just don't feel like it's an adversity. Just a normal way of life. Yeah, and I guess in a way it is, but like you know, I'm I'm blessed in so many other ways. So you said something to me that that put chills up my spine. Um, just yesterday, talking about this, you said you were almost to the point. I wrote it down somewhere, but you said where I was going to just forget about religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. I didn't, and I can thank you and Curtis for that because um, it was at a very very uh, weird time in my life where, you know, a lot of stuff had happened and I was just like, man, I don't know. Cause I grew up in, and I went to a Christian high school and I graduated from Christian high school. I've been around it my whole life. And it was just always just, yeah, you know, and I, when I was younger, I was really strong in my faith. And then I just kind of stopped and I almost just forgot about it. I really did. Mm. And I was like, no, it's just, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do me and mm. that kind of way. And then you two showed up and, I don't even know. I mean, I really don't even know how it all just happened. I knew Curtis from the year before because I was introduced to him. Um, that was you weren't coaching for Montgomery Central yet. I think you were just still at East Montgomery, East Middle. And uh, anyway, so then when you came on, you were the inside linebackers coach, and then I was moved to outside linebackers coach. And so then, of course, we worked close together. And then Dave was the defensive line coach, <laughs> and stud at defensive line coach, and uh, smash. <laughs> and so we just all—I mean, anybody who knows football knows that those three positions have to work close together. You know, they have to be. If the D line isn't doing good, then it's going to directly affect the linebackers. And if the linebackers aren't doing good, then you know it's kind of going to affect the uh, defensive line. So all three of us were close, and you two were just man. I mean, you guys poured into me. And it came at a crucial – it was a crossroads. It was a crossroad. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was That's, just about to say, yeah. no, none of this exists. When we die, we're just going to go in the ground, and mm. that's it. That's it. That's life. So it's crazy. Man, it's crazy. You're a smart dude. I went to seminary. You gave me a book, Fear and Trembling, by Soren Kierkegaard. Mm-hmm. That challenged me big time. Yeah. <laughs> well, the verse challenged me. I'm like, what do you mean work your faith out with fear and trembling? What is it? Why? Why? I, right. I thought it was just given to me grace and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is free. It's grace. But now you work it out. Mm. He works it in. You, we work it out. Yep. Football matters. Um, here's Christian McCaffrey, who's like oh man, a star now with that's Brian's nephew. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Holtz, he coached, coaches still, uh, Jose, I don't know his last name. Leva. 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 He made that stop on the two-point when we beat Union Pines. Oh. This is his, his nephew, right? Yes. Is he in the photo? This is yes. sister's, this, his sister's son. The yes. little boy. Okay. He has. He's in Charlotte. Anyways, these players from, I'm not sure the other guy. Jeremy Chin. Yep. 
and Christian McCaffrey went to see him. So they're football players. That's what this boy wanted to see. That's what he asked for, right? Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So Right, it really is a family, right? No yeah. matter where you're coming from. It's a team. It's a family. It's a team, yep. yeah. And that locker room is pretty special. It's That's where they're the tight. Bonds do grow. Yep. Yeah. And uh sometimes you you might forget about them, but when something catastrophic happens to you later in life, mm-hmm. your family comes back. Yeah. Yep. Pretty special. Yep. Speaking of special, Curtis, you uh remember this view? <laughs> oh my, yeah. That's the uh, <laughs> Every morning? Every morning. That's you in mean, the morning at 530 to 6 in Montgomery after, County. After that, so y'all are – they can see it, right? Yeah. Okay, y- y'all are looking at the sunrise, and that was after practice. Yeah. yeah. That was after practice. <laughs> so we felt good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we live half an hour away, so we got and, up at 330. Yeah, and I live a half hour away, too, yeah, yeah. from there. So The other way. Or the other way. <laughs> yeah. 330 way. every morning. I mean – that's what I was talking about. Like you would leave when it was dark. You'd come home after I went to work and yep. then you'd leave again for afternoon practices. I don't even know where you were at, but um, different practices and then games, like yep. you said. Yep. I mean, and Shelby owns a dance studio, Elevate Ballet in Bisco, and um, she dances at night. So she'd be gone oh, until 830 or 9. And, you know, so I go from practice and then I go to work and I got off at 6 p.m. And then she would be at dance. And mm-hmm. so I would try to go to bed at 930, but I would want to see her and spend time with her, you know. And yeah, so there's a lot of nights where I didn't go to bed till like 11 or 12 and wake up at 330. I mean, <laughs> and Curtis said at the end of the season, he's like, man, you look pale. <laughs> you look sick. And I'm like, well, probably because I haven't had sleep in four months, five months. Wow. And you're working. Yeah, your job. And yeah. Awesome. Holtzy, you almost died four years ago? Uh, five years. Five years ago? Five years. You were very close to death. Yeah, real, if you, real quick story. Um, it won't be real quick, but it'll be a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hadn't been to the dentist in 30 years. Uh, and my wife kept telling me back in 2018, Curtis, you need to go to the dentist. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And she really hammered me in, hammered down on it. And we were in the playoff race uh, at Pinecrest at the time. I'm like, no, I can't go. Well, I'm going to make an appointment for you is what my wife said. So she made an appointment, and I kept telling her, I'm not, I'm not going to the dentist. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, especially right now. But anyway, God convicted me to go to the dentist. So I went to the dentist, and believe it or not, after 30 years of Super Dave, I had no cavities. <laughs> but, Unbelievable. Okay. But the doctor saw something on my tongue that he wasn't really happy about. And you didn't feel it or anything? Uh, I knew. I thought I'd bit it. You ever bite your tongue? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought I'd bit it. I'm like, ah, I just bit it. It'll go away. And so I blew it off because he wanted to refer me to somebody to take a peek at. I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. So anyway, I let it go. We ended up losing that year. We made it to the Final Four that year. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's cool. So uh, after football season, it was Christmas Eve, okay? And I'm at Grace Church in Seven Lakes. And our dentist, office manager, came to our service. Now, she didn't go to our church. She came to our service that night. Talk about a guy's story. Yeah. She knows my wife very well. And uh, after service, my wife and her started talking, 
And she asked my wife, has Curtis gone to see the specialist? Wow. And Beth said, no. What? Oh, and did she know? Did you tell did her? Did Beth know? She did not know. Oh, she just felt something. Yeah. No, but so, did you tell her that you had a spot on your tongue? or she? Did, yeah, but I said it go away. I did tell oh, her. okay, okay. So anyway, we go ahead and we do make the appointment. Um, and I went to see that doctor. The doctor says, I'm going to cut this off, and we're going to call it cancer until we don't. Wow. wow. We're going oh, to send this up to Chapel Hill. They're going to take a peek at it. And it came back as cancer. Mm. Anyway, long story short, I went from him to Pinehurst Surgical. Uh, the doctor there couldn't handle my situation, so they referred me to Chapel Hill. In Chapel Hill, I met Dr. Weisler. Uh, I think I may have been one of his last <clears throat> clients before he retired. So anyway, he said, you do have cancer. Uh, they did all the tests, and it turned out it was stage four cancer. Oh. I had cancer on my tongue, mm. and I had cancer on my lymph nodes right here. So he arranged to have the surgery, had the surgery for 11 and a half hours. They cut part of my tongue off. 11 and a half hours. Yeah, they cut part of my tongue off, and they cut this right here. And they made a flat for me. So part of my tongue is a flat. And then they took that vein right there, and they sewed it up. After he was done with his part, another specialist came in, and they cut me from here to here, took out 82 lymph nodes. Six of them had cancer. From there, I spent 10 days in the hospital. uh, And I remember uh, the most simplest prayer that I said, and I still say it today. And that is... Jesus, help me. Yeah. <laughs> so for 10 days, I was in anyway. Um, we survived that, me and my wife, family, my daughter, and uh, went back home in Seven Lakes. And um, I had to heal up a little while before I began 30 weeks of radiation. And we also had two heavy-duty rounds of chemotherapy. After the- and I say all that stuff because... I'm here today, and thanks to God and family and support, it'll be five years on February 11th, Dave, since my mm-hmm. surgery. So uh, that's a praise report. Wow. Yeah. It sure you. is. And um, so that's a little story about my cancer. Mm, thank you, I'm Beth. looking for this picture of you that you that I have where you're all jacked and buff. I wanted to pull it up. I can't find it, but it's okay. Mm, go ahead, huh? I, I was just thinking about um, – you know, it's so good to have that that support system. And you were talking about Shelby being yeah. your support and Beth. And um, remember your melanoma, hun? Yeah. Yeah, we were on we our boat. It. Huh? We named it Earl. Yeah, we, did. Earl. we named it Earl. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. But like, how many men are not going to the doctor well, unless Laura, their wives yeah. make them? <laughs> A lot. Yeah, melanoma, which is really true, actually. Killed Chris yeah. Corbett. Yeah. yeah. A couple of things about mine is, uh, men, if you're listening, listen to your wife. Yeah. They have an intuition. They do. And, and they so. God speaks to them, and yep. they listen. And sometimes we need to listen to our wives. We need to listen to our wives more. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I mean, think God puts, us, puts it in us because I was never checking him out for spots. And he had that spot on his ear. And the same with our son, Maddie. He had a yeah. spot on his ear. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, let's just get it checked out. But, I, you know, we're not looking for that stuff. I no. think you're right. I think there is a little yeah. God play in there. It totally I do, is. Yeah. So listen to your wife. And, and yeah. Maddie had melanoma, a pre-melanoma. 
whatever, and we took it to Montgomery Central. What's that? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's Curtis leading the prayer, yep. oh. as usual, yep. like he does. <clears throat> and and it's always at the right time. Your dad, Larry, just told me, don't you ever be afraid to pray. It's always yeah. the right time. <laughs> yeah. Because I said, would you mind if I prayed now? You better. I love it. That's awesome. Praise God. Good. But you said February 11th. You know what's funny? One of my heart surgeries was on February 11th. <laughs> my man. Yep. Yeah. Brothers. Yeah, that's wild. Brothers in Christ. It's wild. And that was the one that was bad. That was the one that I had a heart attack in. How old were you? Uh, 19. Oh, my gosh. 19. Not, not to tank the mood here, but February 24th, Jeff Teagues will be our guest. Awesome. And oh, okay. it's my brother's birthday. He would have been 50. Wow. He died at 38. Would Jeff be here? No. I don't think so. Yeah. But when he I want to meet him. Yeah, for sure. What's the name of his book, Dave? Where Have All the Heroes Gone? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. It is. Unreal. So I, uh, I read it with my ears. Oh. I did too. Really good read. Listen to it. And I, I, I bought the paper book and I gave it to my kids. He and I had parallel careers. We almost died together many, many times, as first as rangers in the 80s, jumping into Panama, under fire at 500 feet, and then uh, uh, in the unit. And, uh, yeah. I want to go back to Josh. You said you were 19 and you had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, like, you felt the pain of... No, so it's even crazier than that. Um, I, um, so during the first, so they did, so I had uh, the initial heart surgery when I was a baby. And then I had two at Chapel Hill. The first one, what was happening was my aortic valve was enlarging and the leaflets on the valve were not closing all the way. Mm. So blood was getting back in there. And so, um, I had an aneurysm on my heart. And so they were like, well, we got to restrict the growth of the aortic valve. And to do that, we're going to try to put a Dacron sleeve over it to restrict the growth, to Mm -hmm. hold it, try to, you know, because they didn't want to do a mechanical valve. They didn't want to do a pig valve. They were trying to keep it natural. Yeah. So um, they were like, it's going to be a few hour surgery, you know, and that's that. And then, you know, everything, we'll see how it goes. Well, it ended up um, ended up being um, uh, about 11 hour surgery. Oh, my gosh. And um, in the middle of it, I had a heart attack in Whoa. the middle of the surgery. Mm. And I, you know, one, to, you know, until 2021, I didn't know. They told me when I went to my new doctor, that oh, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like the doctors didn't tell me, which to this day, I don't know if that's legal, <laughs> but they didn't tell me or my parents or anybody that I had a heart attack. And so I was living seven years, you know, with like, I didn't have a heart attack, you know? Uh, so but that, it, yeah. but it have made a difference. Probably not. Maybe, maybe a little, you know, I'd, Probably would have watched what I ate a little bit more, but I was like in my early twenties, just eating whatever, you know. And um, but um, but that's why. So then the next year, there, well, it didn't work. Oh, yeah. And so the surgery didn't work, and so they're like, okay, we're going to go back in, and um, we're going to either do a mechanical valve or a pig valve. Mm-hmm. And I knew with a mechanical valve that I'm like, that's going to be blood thinners for my whole life, oh. I don't, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, when my surgeon was really just like straight to the point and blunt, she was like, well, look, there's a lot of scar tissue. So if we have to go back in again, the pig valve lasts seven to 10 years. And with how young you are, 
it's probably going to last more like seven. So, and for us to go back in, it's going to be probably pretty deadly to you. So I suggest a mechanical valve. So I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to argue with you there. When she said scar tissue, I thought she meant right here on mm. in my sternum. But I think heart. she meant that it was on the heart. Yeah. And the reason I think that is because when in 21, when I went back, he said that my new doctor said 25% of your whole left ventricle is scarred and dead. Mm. Outside. Oh, and inside. dead. And dead. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. So that's why they were wanting to put the defibrillator in me because my heart was doing these weird pumps because it couldn't get through the dead part. Wow. And so, uh, so that now looking back, that's what she meant. It would be deadly to do another surgery on your heart probably because of the 25% scar Sheesh. tissue. What's the length of time on the mechanical one? Life. Oh, life. Yeah. Okay. It'll, they told me, they said, this will out, outlive you. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. Oof. Yep. Brave. I pray what, more for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Brave. What does, uh, coaching football do overall? If you think about your life with it, without oh, man. it. I could, you know, honestly, man, like, yeah, that's me and Curtis right there with uh, my, with my strong, my mm-hmm. Sam linebacker, Vince. Oh man. What does Sam mean for the audience? Uh, strong line, strong side linebacker. So we play a four, three. So we got the Sam, the strong, the Mike, the middle and the will, the weak side linebacker. And what's the personality differences between coach Holtzy is coaching secondary right now at, at Pinecrest mm-hmm. linebackers, linemen. There's, personality differences mm. right yeah there are can you explain De- it definitely uh well the linebacker is more downhill more like a dog yeah. you know he's always we want them always moving downhill the secondary they're not coming downhill as much they have to cover the pass more so so their reach step fundamentally is backwards for the cornerback and frontwards for the linebacker yep so but playing like downhill pers- to stop the run first pass second defensive backs is pass first Run, run second. Don't position groups have a personality? Type? They do. They do. They're oh, dogs. Man. They're, That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, line, it's good to know. You, you've coached linebackers forever. Oh, they're dogs. You I have mean, to be just, a dog to be a linebacker. You have to be. You have to want to hit somebody. You have yeah. to want to knock somebody into oblivion. Uh, you have to just want to just eat all day long, just yeah. like a dog. Well, and because if you're not like that, I mean, the whole point to give the audience, I mean, and people who watch, watch this that know football know this, um, the whole point of the offensive line is to get on in a run game. Make sure your gap is secured. Make sure there's not a defensive lineman coming through there. Once once you're good, you work to the linebackers. Because if you don't get to the linebackers, then the linebackers are shooting the holes and getting the run game. Yep. So like they're getting linemen all game long on them in a run game. I mean they and they get bodied pretty a lot during a game. Because I mean if you don't get to the linebackers of an offensive line in a run game. You're you're not going to win the game, yeah. Because the linebackers are going to be like he said, some some dogs, and they're going to get down through the through the gaps. Michigan's O line. Oh man, <laughs> I mean that's why they won the national championship. The trenches, the defensive yeah. line, and the offensive line. You can't I mean, see it. You couldn't. The, the opposing offensive line um, couldn't stop Michigan's defensive line, and then Michigan's O line just dominated everybody's D line. Is that not like life fundamentals? Don't forget about that secondary. Not oh giving, man, not giving I mean, up the big one. Listen, Will Johnson, <laughs> he's going to be special in the NFL. There's uh, another. Uh, yeah, there's okay. So twenty one is Vince, the same one you saw with me and and uh, Holtzy. Um and then number number four is um, Kane McClendon, and number two is Malik Watkins. 
And so Kane is the middle linebacker, Malik is the weak linebacker, and then Vince is the strong linebacker. They had a lot of speed, didn't they, Josh? Oh, tons of speed. Is it back up? Tons of speed. Are and, they uh, Are they coming back? There you go. They're um, – hold on. So, look, this whole podcast, the point is for us to learn, and we're definitely doing that. Josh is coaching there we go. Uh, where I graduated yeah. from high school, Avalon Senior High. Oh, that's right, that's right. What year? Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I played football at Pinecrest. Uh, until after my junior year. Uh, after my junior year, my mom remarried and moved to Florida. So I had a choice. I could move to Florida where I didn't know anybody, Dave, or move back up to Albemarle and live with my dad and be a bulldog. So bulldog. I was a bulldog Man, my yeah. last year. So I played under Coach Dave Bright. And apparently he's pretty well known around there, right? Dave Bright, yeah, he became the principal. Yeah. AD, yeah, a really super nice yeah. man. He uh, he went to NC State, and he actually played football with Pete Carroll. Oh, that's right. Yeah. At NC State, okay, so. yeah. Uh, so you asked about the ones coming back. Number four, Kane McClendon, he's coming back. He he was a junior this year, and then Vince is was also a junior this year, so he's coming oh, back. Nice. So both for their senior years. Number two, Malik is was a senior this year, uh, and Malik was special man. I mean, he returned. I think he returned two. Kickoff returns all the way to the touchdown. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, linebacker. Just, <laughs> linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Jim yeah, Kelly man. played quarterback and linebacker. That's crazy. Jim Kelly from the Buffalo Bills. He was an inside linebacker and quarterback. That. Yeah, I wow. just heard that. Well, you, um, you asked, like, what football, you know, meant to me. Like, like uh, so, like, man, football is so special to me. Uh, I've, I love the sport since I was a kid. I played up until sixth grade, and then I went to a school that didn't have football. But even if I didn't go to that school, I wouldn't have been able to because my doctors were then saying, hey, you can't lift heavy weights. You can't power lift. You can't weight lift. And in football, if you don't weight lift, I mean, you're you're going to be behind. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, And so I would have never really been able to play and then as much. I mean, I would have because I would, I'm just that person that's going to go do it. Um, but, you know probably for the best that I didn't. You might die on the field, yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, But it, I always missed it. Man, I always missed it. Mm. And it, and I didn't know I missed it until I went to college and I worked for the uh, team, for the football team there. Nice. Where? At Charlotte, UNC Charlotte. Um, and I was a manager. But in college, the managers – so in, in high school, managers just basically get the footballs and they kind of set up the field. In college, when you're a manager, you are assigned – at least a big college – you're assigned a specific position group. So basically you're the assistant to the position mm. group oh, nice. coach. So I was uh, with the running backs and I was under Keith uh, Henry. And man, like a lot of position coach don't give the time of day to their managers. He did. Mm. He invited me to his house. Mm-hmm. When the when the running backs came to his house to eat, he asked me to come. Nice. Mm. I can't to this day, man. He's one of the reasons why I'm in coaching. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but th- I just rediscovered my love for it, you know, yeah. and it was just so special. What's his name again? Keith Henry. And he's with uh, NCANT right now. Uh, yeah. So he's a coach there. I think he's a cornerbacks coach there. But, yeah, man, it was cool. And he taught me a, a lot without even knowing that he was teaching me. I mean, he was just telling me about drills. You know, he's like, okay, this is how we're going to set up this drill. And I would just watch. Man, I would watch. That's what Curtis did with me. Yeah. And you just you just watch him. Like, yeah. wow, Benny LeMay, he was special. He went to Butler uh, High School in Charlotte, 
and then uh, he ended up going to UNC Charlotte, and Benny LeMay was special. Uh, just so many, so many um, good guys to go through there. Um, but speaking about what football can do, like, uh, sorry, I'm talking a lot. No, but, no, no, um, it's good. Alex Highsmith plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers now. He's mm-hmm. the outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was the DN for us at Charlotte. He was a walk on. Wow, did not a walk on, and he was not big. He wasn't a big kid, and then he built it in the weight room, and he came to every practice, was at every meeting. I mean, he was a team first guy and he went in the third round of the Pittsburgh Steelers and he just got a massive, not massive for, for outside linebacker, pretty big extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is he the typical long JJ Watt body type? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I mean, just, I love that position. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. Anyway, special, man. I mean, it's cool. Just see some of those guys, but anyway, so it reignited my love for it. And then, you know, I lost it for a while. I didn't lose it, but I was out of football for a couple of years before I got back into coaching. So, Holtzy, um, what's the read step for inside linebackers? Uh, How does it apply a, to life? But it, I mean, linebackers are taught normally to read guards, to read, figure out whether it's going to be a run or a pass. And we'd like to teach them to play downhill. So when they take a read step, that gives them a split second mm. to determine what it is. Runner pass number one. And then from there, I react to how the offensive lineman, from the offensive lineman to the quarterback, to the running back, react. Yeah. So that's the importance of a reset. Um, a lot of kids don't like to do it Mm-mm. to begin with. They think it's a waste of time. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but when you slow the game down, you actually sp- speed it up. And mm-hmm. once they understand that, uh, it, they really, the light bulb goes on and they're, your performance gets a lot better. I love it. And I don't know when you and I started talking about um, read step, but it's just so cool. Uh, it applies to life. When you have a problem, hmm. pray now. <laughs> pray right. now is our read step. Amen. Jesus, help. You know, yes. Cancer. Oh, Lord, please help. And he does. That's the thing. He does. He's there. I, yeah. You know, I... Just faked it for so long, I didn't believe. Hypocrites, hypocrites. They said there's always room for one more. Come on in. I did. I'm now, for the first time in my life, I'm 53 at a, at a church that is real. It's just real. That's what we're all looking for is Amen. real. Yeah. And, yes. Yeah, and that's what the players are looking for, too, mm-hmm. especially high school players. Amen. They want real. Like, I don't want your rah-rah uh, stuff. I mean, that works a little bit sometimes. But it won't. It won't take you to a state championship, to a national championship. You need to be real. Amen. Mm-hmm. I've got a. I've got a story about that, Dave. So we're in the locker room at Pinecrest, and coach is up talking, and all the players are eyes on coach. It's quiet, and the coach asks the players, "What are you looking for most out of your coach?" And I remember Carson Maples, uh, really awesome football player, and went on to. Uh, play for University of Furman. Uh, but anyway, he, he raised his hand, and um, coach said, well, what? And Carson said, well, we just want the coach to be real, R-E-A-L, real with us. Mm-hmm. And that spoke, volumes, that spoke volumes to me, Dave, and I'll never, ever forget it. So the kids are looking for somebody to be real with them. Yeah, it's and, trust, right? Yeah, like, that's trust. In, I action, mean, in action. I, I trust 
you, the kid, enough to tell you the yeah. truth. I yes. mean, you see it with, with all children or, you know, young men, young women growing up that when you share something with them, the why. Yeah, Amen. that's true. The why. The why. Yeah. The why is the so why is big. The why is bigger today than it's ever been. Mm, yeah. Good point. That's, good point. that's very yeah. true. And that's good. I mean, because I like to explain the why. Yeah. Um, that's valuable. Hey, Dave, you got a uh, charger for that camera? For that one? Mm-hmm. It's blinking red. I do not, but maybe. You got a plug? Can we pause? Sure. Sure. Is that a thing? Uh, live? <laughs> I don't think so, but we not can live. keep talking. Everybody go to the bathroom. <laughs> you guys, um, I, I should, we can unplug that one there and plug it in. Okay. I, or I can do it. You guys okay, yeah. got it? Yeah. So we can just, uh, so the why, the reason why the why, is, it's funny, right? The reason why the why is important, why? yeah, uh, and how it applies to football is like, okay. So speaking about read step, so when when uh, uh, Holtzy says like, "Hey, read step," well, why? And then you don't, they don't even have to ask you or me because I know we're the same. It's like, all right, you got to read step, and here's why, you know, because then it makes more sense to them. It's like, oh, so you're telling me that if I don't read step and I back up right away, this is like all linebacker stuff. If I don't step forward first and I actually step backwards, then that split second from you having to make up ground is between it, it can either be a, a tackle for loss or it can be a tackle and the offense gets five yards. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference in the game a lot of times. Exactly. And, and if you tell them the why, then it makes sense to, in their brains like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's why you're telling me yeah. to do it. And I, I even tell my players, I say, if anybody, not just me, if anybody tells you to do something and they don't tell you why, question them. Well, this Good changed advice. a lot, Josh. I mean, yeah. I'm a product of 1983. <laughs> so <laughs> we were taught, do what the coach tells you to do. Okay. Period. Yeah. So that's changed over the years, more so. And, and I like the way it's changed because it does make sense now. Yeah. If a coach were to told me, tell me the why back then, I might have been a better player, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. instead of just doing what they yeah. told me to do yep. just for the heck of it. But yep. even in practice, I mean, they want to know why. Why are we doing this drill? Why are we not yeah. doing why? that? Why are we doing this? I mean, yeah. so when you break it down for them early yep. in the season and let them know why, oh, yeah. I get that, Coach, because it shows up on the film. Yeah. It shows up on exactly. the film. It's, it's the, the same in the military. I, yeah. guy. I went and I just will go crazy if, you know, you don't get paid to think. Actually, I live to think and and create. Uh, that's part of why God made us. All right, here's me and my glorious D line. Uh, that's Jacob Strider. He's awesome. I love this. Oh man, this young yeah. man, remember Strider? Strider, yes sir. Dude, look at you. This is, is that a, early morning practice? The back of my front. No, this is a game. This was the, oh uh, okay, midnight I madness. Tell. I think. Oh okay. See, sorry, I can't yeah. tell. It's dark. I don't. There's my fat butt and my sheet, so I look like I know what I'm doing. And I'm pointing somewhere. You're so hard on yourself about it. <laughs> you actually did a good job, man. Thank I mean, you. you were really hard on yourself, but man, like you should hard on. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Sorry, but you really did. Do Been a hanging good job, out with man. your kids too long. Yeah. Too much eleven year olds. <laughs> but Dave, you did a good job, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, it. You really did. I mean, here's what Dave was great at. I don't mind telling y'all. This is Dave's greatest gift for the kids, and that is he coached your heart. Period. And by the way, that's Dave on the bass. Yeah. Playing the bass in the background. Yeah. But Dave reached every child that he coached. Yeah. And by reaching them, it made him a better player. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I've ever heard anybody say, uh, coach their heart. Yeah. 
Really? It's not worth it otherwise, man. Pull your mic over, hon. Oh, yeah. It's just not worth it to not do that. Yeah. Because, it, because I mean, you're talking about it. You keep saying football matters. Well, a lot of people, going back to the why, well, why does it matter? And it matters because these kids, a lot of them, a lot of them, they don't have a full family. And if they do, you know, the, football teaches so much more than just how to tackle, how to throw football. It teaches yeah. when things get you down, when somebody hurts you and hits you, you get back up, man. Yeah. And if you And it's easy to say that, but and it's hard to do. But it makes it a little bit easier when you got somebody like a coach that says, hey, man, this is why you get back up. Like, I believe in you. Get back up. And that, to a kid, man, that's all the difference in their world, man. Yeah. Yeah. To have an adult man just to say, man, get back up. Yeah. Get back the up. Greatest, uh, you can do it. The greatest moment I had was – this is cool. I love this. It doesn't have to be perfect. was um, – a young man named Javari was going to quit. Oh, yeah. And Curtis said, hey, Dave, look at him walking away. He's going to quit. Let's go over there and pray. And my first re- re- thought was, uh-uh, <laughs> I don't know Javari that well. We go over there and <laughs> pray now. We went over there. Curtis started it, and we prayed. And Javari's eyes, when he looked at me, I will never, ever forget it. He stayed. He was looking at me like, Coach, I believe that from your heart, what you're saying is yep. real. Yep. He made me accountable. I was like, okay, we're in deep now. <laughs> yeah. We got to mean it now. <laughs> we got to be here for him. That's yeah. what it's about. And we be. were, and we did. How many, we had like five instances of deaths. Yeah. And not just. That season. Yeah. That in one, in one season in Montgomery County, North Carolina. Not the players, but family members. Yeah. Young ones. Often and and not dying of old age, Mm-mm. there was just tragedies, yeah. and they persevered. And we love these. God, we love these kids. Yeah, I don't think you can do it if you don't love them. No, properly, properly, properly. You can't if you're not real and you don't really truly love them. You can't do it properly, man. You can't coach properly. But they sniff that out, man. Yeah. They, oh, they, they, oh, yeah. The kids know they're better at it than us. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim Harbaugh. I'm so impressed. He just because false accusations, man. I've had it. It's in the Psalms. It's everywhere in the Bible. Yeah, slander. You know, you want to. Mm, you, it's it's hard to live through that. He did, and yep. he said at the end. And you know what? Uh, Pat McAfee said if there was a real evidence of something wrong, wrongdoing, it would be out by now. It would, but there's not. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> And how about him on national TV thanking the Holy Spirit? I mean, what? And he, I mean, that's crazy. And then he said that this whole season has been, that, you know, for a while it's been a spiritual journey for him. Well, his family has it right. Uh, as everybody knows out there, his father was a coach, his brother was a coach. Uh, and th- their common theme with their family their whole life was what, Dave? What, Josh? Who's got it better Who's than us? Who's got it better than us? Mm. And I think what they're saying is they know – Jesus. Gratitude. Yeah. And they have Jesus. So who's yeah. got it better than us that have Jesus? Yeah. Nobody. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'm from Michigan. I grew up in Detroit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, yep. my sisters went to Michigan State, but I always just felt the blue. Better, you know, like go blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I want to say is these guys are stud football coaches. You know, I was in the Rangers Delta Force 
combat, combat, combat. Um, real strength. Moral courage is real courage. Having the guts to to be real. So we just want to say, uh, take a step, take a chance, step out in faith, and pray now. And Curtis, if you would do that to end us, that would be awesome. Can I say one thing Absolutely. before that? Uh, we were talking about um, our faith journey. We were talking about the value of football. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what the value to me is. It showed um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, people found out about it. Guess who the first people were that came back in my life that had been gone for like 20 years? Coaches. Mm. Wow. Players that I played with. Wow. I mean, they kept just showing up. How can we help Beth? How can we help Amber? You know, we're praying for you. You need anything at all? You let us know. Um, your football team. Most are going to be your spiritual family for the rest of your life. Yeah, spiritual is different from blood. It's great when it's blood and spiritual family, mm-hmm. yeah. but the spiritual family is strong, Absolutely. stronger than death. It is okay. And speaking death. of that. Let's lift it up. Well, can I ask you some things? Um, Do you think, like, obviously you getting into coaching God thing, right? It was, plus I was asked. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) of course. But, I mean, was there a path that you kind of looked at and said, like, this was definitely a God thing? It it was because, I mean, like I said, I'm a product of divorced parents. Yeah. And if it wasn't for coaches to help keep me on – a decent path. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened to me, Josh. I, I really don't. Yeah. So, in some of the friendships that I developed through sports, yeah, uh, helped me overcome the death of my brother. Mm. Uh, yeah, divorce from my parents. How old was you Tommy know? when he died? He was uh, he was fourteen. I was twelve. Wow. He died in a motorcycle accident. It wasn't an accident. Somebody had strung up uh, a wire between two trees on the path that we rode down quite often and he didn't see it and it caught him right here and killed him oh my instantly God. but uh oh but yeah i'm a spiritual family i mean yeah it's, it's great when the the blood family and yeah. the spiritual family are one but right. who was who was with jesus at the cross some blood but mostly spiritual spiritual am yeah. i right john yeah and he told he said this now is now your, yeah, yeah. your mother yeah. yeah so this right here is family yeah because right. we're opening up yeah and we're being real the shared struggle Mm. Is, is the key. That's, That's where it's true. at. That's true. Amen. Like, yeah, man, like, I just don't... God, I mean, it was, it's a complete thing, God, that got me into coaching. It really was. Like, I, I was at Charlotte, but then I graduated, and two, it had been two years since I've been around football, and then I took, a, I took a job at the paper, and my first assignment was to interview Montgomery Central's coach. <laughs> I love it. And, and then he, we knew the same people, at Charlotte, and uh, and then I so then we we left and uh, I left and then I came back another day because there was summer practice and I saw the script that he had mm. and I was like oh you got end of you got indies which is like coach term for individuals but like because I've been around it, I knew indies you know and he's like wait what you again what you do again anyway through that is how and he asked me if I wanted to coach. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I that is completely, and now it's just like a passion of mine. 
And I yeah. just can't thank God enough for getting me into it. One last thing on that for me. Um, God convicted my heart, um, and he spoke to me. And I thank God I listened because what he was saying is, if I can use you to touch one kid out there, and they can come to know me yeah. as a personal Lord and Savior, yeah. I want you to do it. Mm. Yep. So I did. And Dave, we could talk for hours <laughs> and tell you about all yeah. the kids yeah. that have yeah. been touched by Jesus through coaches. Yeah. But we get through all of us. Somebody, you or Coach Metzger invited me to Montgomery Central. I met all the coaches and players. And I remember Josh Anderson. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just you smiled. Right, so it's not just to the players; it's it's up to or or sideways. I remembered him, and I was like, "There's something about this dude. I don't I don't know. Like, you were real in the moment, enjoying yourself. You smiled when you met me. Yeah. Not all the other coaches, are, hey, what's up? You know, like I don't yeah, care. No, I'm, I'm right. busy. Yeah. You look cool. So it has to go. You know, he's a cool dude everywhere. Cool. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think that's a just a byproduct of like you know just enjoying myself out there and, and honestly and I, I enjoy meeting people you know like i i love to give people i just don't, i don't know people who don't give the other people the time of day mm. they, they just piss me off like, yeah they are people too you know but um well the first day we met was in the office yeah so so yeah so that was after i got hired uh and um i, I came into his office and you were there and and uh, we prayed and yeah man it was it was awesome and you know, really, to thank for me to thank and everybody, you know, it was just like Shelby because mm. I almost didn't take it. I called her, and I was like, I just got offered a coaching job, <laughs> and she was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." How much like, you, you gonna make? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, how much you gonna make? I was like, oh, <laughs> probably nothing. <laughs> yeah, but she was like, you know, you gotta take it. I said, but I don't know. It's a lot of times, a lot of commitment, this and this, and she's like, you gotta mm. do it. Yeah, you gotta take it, and I did, and man. Yeah, because I was going to say no. If it was just me, I was going to say no, because uh, that would have made. Because that ended up being a third job. Because I had two jobs: paper and that the work I still work at, and then coaching. So it was three jobs. So, Laura, I'd like you to come back in. All of us. What does this have to do with Christology? Who is Jesus? For me, it's when I want to know who Jesus is. He says, "I am the truth." I want to run that down and find out mm. if he's if that's true. So I've been doing that. I want to know. And I'm finding everything I do to find out checks out that he is truth. I want to know who made all this. It, mm. God says it was made through him. I want to see my creator. I want to know if all this stuff is true about eternal life and, uh, you know, a new heaven and a new earth. I want to see that. So that's why I'm trying to find out who Jesus is. The more I learn, the more I got to learn. Doing this is where I get into that shared struggle. Because I'm an introvert, I don't like to meet people, but I, when I do, God sets it up and it's special. So that's yeah. what this has to do with Christology. Mm. I want to know the grave robber. I can't hardly talk with my tongue, so <laughs> you say that, grave robber. Grave robber. <laughs> There's a song. wants to know the grave it's, robber. It's by Crowder. Yeah. There's a heavy metal song called that, too, about 10 years old. I'm going to yeah. play that when we're done here. All right, could you hit the music on the blue button? <laughs> yeah. You may pray. Yes. Hit it and then, yep. All right, Lord God, we love you. Uh, Jesus, we can't thank you enough for what you did at Calvary for all of us. Uh, we praise your holy name. Uh, we praise you for the good, and we, we praise you for the bad. 
We thank you for our wives and our husbands. Lord God, we thank you so much for our children. We thank you for the ability, the abilities that we have. We thank you for the wonderful game of football and all the other sports out there. Um, Lord God, we just thank you for every breath that we take. Mm. Uh, we thank you uh, that you will, you're always there for us, uh, no matter what. And we thank you for the smallest, coolest, easiest, simplest things in, in life that we take for granted. Yeah. Just the ability to eat, uh, to mm. breathe, to talk, to smell. Uh, we thank you for your word, uh, the Bible. Uh, please, Lord God, help us uh, to be more and more like Jesus you know, every day. And um, thank you for this opportunity uh, to be on the Christology mm-hmm. podcast. Oh thank you, Dave, for starting this. Uh, thank you, Laura, for coming along beside of him. <laughs> and Dave, thank you for uh, inviting us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I still love this bass line. Thank you. And and stream. That was one hour, guys. To the just a few seconds over one hour. Booyah, we did it! It was a disaster, but we did it. That's just the Yeah. They cut off a few times. But there's a button on the back there that you hit instead of just shutting it. Yeah, because the other one was